This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 2nd of February. In your Squiz today, reviewing the crime crisis in Alice Springs, protests planned for Pell's funeral, settling a dispute with our neighbour, and undeading the dodo. This is your Squiz today. The NT's Chief Minister, Natasha Files will meet with PM Anthony Albanese in Canberra today, Claire. They're set to discuss the findings of an urgent review that was commissioned last week into whether alcohol bans should be reinstated in Northern Territory communities. And this is all in response to the sharp increase in crime in Alice Springs, which saw Albanese visit the town last week. Yeah, and Files yesterday said that there won't be any knee-jerk reactions to that report's findings. Uh, She says that they will work through the issues uh, and she says come up with long-term solutions. They want to do that as soon as possible, she says. Uh, Albanese echoed that sentiment, saying that there won't be any easy off-the-shelf solutions, particularly given those problems uh, behind the rise in violence go beyond alcohol issues. Uh, Of course, this all follows that visit to Alice Springs last week, as you said, uh, and he was really pressured into that by coalition leader Peter Dutton uh, to go to that town as he did and speak directly to community leaders. And to give some context on the crime levels in Alice Springs, data shows a more than 50% spike in domestic violence, break-ins to businesses and alcohol-related assaults in the 12 months up until November last year. And alcohol bans are on the table because the dramatic increase in crime started when federal bans were lifted last July. Yeah, so a couple of decisions were immediately implemented to deal uh, with the problems and that came from Albanese's visit last Last week. Uh, that includes three months of restrictions on alcohol sales uh, and installing domestic violence prevention leader Darrell Anderson as the central Australian regional controller to oversee those restrictions. Uh, she's also the woman in charge of that report that Files and Albanese are set to discuss today. Uh, police say that there have been some positive results from the restrictions on grog that were implemented, uh, but there's still a lot of concern from many locals who want a firmer approach even beyond reinstating alcohol bans. Uh, And that sentiment was really voiced at a heated community meeting on Monday uh, that also led to a call for $1.5 billion in compensation uh, because they say that authorities have been negligent in tackling crime in Alice. And others also want more investment in things like Indigenous economic development, youth services and preventative policing. As for the next steps, Albanese says once he and Files discuss the report, he'll ask for some constructive engagement from his National Cabinet colleagues at their meeting tonight and tomorrow. And if you want more background to this issue, this week's Squiz Shortcut is on this very subject. It's out this morning, so I'll pop a link to it in today's episode notes. 
Cardinal George Pell's funeral will be held in Sydney at 11am this morning, Claire. And as that happens, there'll be protests nearby, most notably against the Catholic Church's handling of clerical child abuse. Yeah, New South Wales police reached an agreement with protesters on an alternative route yesterday. Uh, That was after they initially made an urgent application to the New South Wales Supreme Court to block demonstrations altogether. Uh, For those who might know a bit about the centre of Sydney, Hyde Park is directly next to St Mary's Cathedral where Pell's body has been lying in state and where his funeral will be today. Uh, So authorities were concerned about safety because it's believed that thousands will gather for the funeral today. Uh, But it seems that an arrangement has been worked out. Yeah, the protesters will be allowed to gather near the park and the cathedral. But despite the agreement, police will still be on high alert. Kiwi PM Chris Hipkins has welcomed the Australian government's decision to soften its stance on deporting New Zealanders on character grounds. He says it's a first step for what's been a really contentious matter between our two countries. So Australia and New Zealand are really good mates, but when our leaders have met in recent years, they've really had their jandals in a knot over it. Um, To give some background on it, Australia has deported hundreds of Aussie visa-holding Kiwi citizens uh, who had spent over a year in jail here, uh, even if they had spent most of their lives living in Australia. Uh, Most of those deported were convicted on drug, um, child abuse and domestic violence offences, and it was the previous coalition government that made no apology for sending them back to New Zealand. And under the changes that have been announced, officials considering deportation will now consider how long a criminal has lived in Australia. But those deemed a risk to the community will still be sent over the ditch. The Coalition's Karen Andrews has called on Team Albanese to clarify how exactly it's going to work. Ticket sales for the Women's Soccer World Cup, which is being held in Australia and New Zealand later this year, are through the roof, Claire. But a controversy has emerged over one of the major sponsors after it was confirmed that Visit Saudi, which is Saudi Arabia's official tourism board, will support the tournament. Officials from Australia and New Zealand have written to soccer's world governing body, FIFA. See, we can work together quite nicely. We are good mates. (laughs) Uh, What they've done is demand an urgent explanation on why Visit Saudi was accepted as a sponsor. Uh, It kind of feels like we've already seen this movie because a lot of the issues that are being raised were also raised about Qatar holding the Men's World Cup last year and the concerns are pretty much the same. So uh, Football Australia issued a statement saying that it's very disappointed the decision was made without consultation. And former Socceroo and human rights activist Craig Foster has spoken out about it. He's called it, quote, disgraceful in the extreme due to Saudi Arabia's record of human rights abuses and its oppressive treatment of women. A US-based company has set its sights on resurrecting the dodo, Claire. The company is called Colossal Biosciences and it's made headlines in the last year or so with its plans to bring other creatures back like the woolly mammoth and Australia's very own Tassie tiger. So the boss of that organisation is Ben Lamb. He says that dodos are a symbol of man-made extinction. Uh, The last specimen was killed somewhere in the late 1600s. 
and that was on the island of Mauritius. Uh, the flightless bird that has a bit of a reputation for being a bit hopeless, uh, <laughs> its closest living relative that's still alive is the Nicobar pigeon uh, and the company says that it's going to study the genetic differences between the two uh, before attempting to edit the pigeon cells and create dodo cells and it's all a bit technical but from there what they do is they take the tweak cells uh, and place it into the developing egg of another bird. Yeah that technology is still in its early stages so it all might take a while and not everyone's on board with the idea to resurrect extinct species like the dodo. There are many people who believe the focus should be on preserving what we have now. Squizzers will recall that on Monday we told them to be careful if they were in Western Australia and saw a small capsule on the ground. The problem was it contained radioactive material and it was lost on its journey from the Pilbara to Perth. Yep, and late yesterday, the State Emergency Services Minister Stephen Dawson said that it was found uh, just outside Newman. That happened yesterday morning. Uh, He likened it to finding a needle in a haystack, and that's a pretty good analogy because they had 1,400 kilometres to search and the capsule was tiny, just about the size of half a 10-cent coin. Yeah, a massive search area. And how they got it in the end was a search vehicle was driving past at 70 kilometres per hour on the Great Northern Highway when a detection device revealed radiation. So it's good news for locals that the very dangerous material is back in officials' hands. But sad news for those posting hilarious pictures to their socials of small silver objects at their feet asking (laughs) if they should pick it up. That's us done for today. Remember that Squish Shortcuts on the crime crisis in Alice Springs is out today. It's a good listen to get you up to speed. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.